0: today's episode, we discuss cocaine mountains, peanut butter worship circles, and living in America. So don't touch that dial. TV Yearbook starts now. And welcome to another episode of TV Yearbook, a podcast of Three regular guys who like watching television and
1: talking about said television. Mm. I am James. And I am Dom. (laughs) We will be talking all about TV today. (laughs) Uh, We are TV Yearbook because, as you might remember from your regular high school yearbook, we're looking backwards and we will be talking about the best and worst of, for this particular season, some action television. Greg, tell us about how we go about choosing the best and worst.
2: Sure. I am Greg. I'm your third co-host. And we pick the best episode and the worst episode. We scope around online because, oddly enough, there's a message board for everything. And those rankings can tell us what people believe the best episode of certain shows are and the worst episode. So uh, this week, I believe it was our good friend James who picked the show. And that show that we are reviewing for this very podcast is Miami Vice.
0: But before we talk about Miami Vice, Greg, you've started a tradition here. You have a beverage you'd like to discuss?
2: I do. Every time we do one of the episodes, I'm going to be reviewing a craft soda. And today, soda. Craft soda is all-natural Virgil's. Mm. Virgil's, zero sugar, root beer. Believe the unbelievable, zero calories, all-natural, great taste. I'm going to open it up right now, see if you can hear. Did Ooh. you catch that?
0: Oh, it wow. sounded fresh. Mm. Have you ever had Virgil's?
2: Uh, I have not, so oh. we're going to see how this goes. I
0: have.
1: <laughs> I also have.
0: And Were you a fan of the Verge? Um, Always I forever. found it unbelievable that it was root beer.
1: Mm. Hmm. Hmm. Say more about that.
2: Well, we'll see. Uh, well, we'll see how it goes. We'll throughout have to wait the till
1: the end for that.
0: Okay. Uh, <laughs> let's. Should we talk about Miami Vice? Yeah, we should. What's this? Okay, best, so what's this best episode? Like, like most of the shows that we have talked about, at least for me, I've never seen an episode of Miami Vice. You guys? Nope. Never.
1: This is okay. my first. Don so, Johnson. for those
0: of you that don't know what Miami Vice is, this show it enjoyed five seasons. So that means syndication, that means paycheck in the mail. Mm
2: -hmm. It ran
0: from 1984 to 1990, starred Don Johnson as Sonny Crockett and Philip Michael Thomas as Rico Tubbs. They played two detectives working undercover on the mean streets of Miami. We should note at this time that the show became noted for its integration of music and visual effects. Which you will find out later, I find hard to believe. (laughs) Yeah, Uh, someone at some point in time has called Miami Vice one of the top fifty TV shows of all time. I cannot believe that. Just ridiculous. Sorry. Well, the I I did struggle finding that source.
1: That's like saying Waterworld is one of the top fifty movies of all time. But, (laughs) but a actual. (laughs) Magazine People Magazine
0: stated that Miami Vice was the first show to look really new and different since color TV was invented. Whoa! And I don't know if that's a compliment. Yeah, has People seen what's happening? Uh, <laughs> 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 so our best episode. We always start with our best episode. <clears throat> was season first season episode sixteen smugglers blues uh Mm -hmm. i watched this for those of you interested i watched this on the nbc app for free that's right nbc universal hooking us up so you can you can check this episode out yourself if you choose to but uh we're gonna go ahead and spoil everything so in this episode crockett and Tubbs they go undercover to flush out a local law enforcement officer that is working with Colombian drug lords mm-hmm. uh, I Colombian. don't really know my geography but to force people into smuggling drugs into Miami by kidnapping their families yes. and then murdering them when the job is done now that might seem like an efficient recap uh, because I did have to go to Wikipedia to find that recap because mm-hmm. when I watched this episode <laughs> I did not know what the hell was happening yeah
1: <laughs> yeah <laughs> Uh, and that's evident right from the beginning.
2: Yeah, it really is. This uh, this first scene that we see before the theme song is uh, a gentleman who hops onto a bridge in Miami. He throws a gas can into a boat over the railing of the bridge. And, and then the boat uh, boat hurries off. And then it's assuming that that's the drug deal that just occurred. And then this guy uh, who's in a real low rent disguise, he heads back to uh, his houseboat where it appears that a family member has been tied up inside and then the boat blows up. And I predicted that blow-up. I knew that boat was going to blow up. What? How did you know that? What was the tell? It it just felt. It just felt like it was going to happen. I'm going to
0: tell you one thing, one way you didn't know. This is the first show we've watched that didn't have a spoiler preview at the beginning. That's right. Mm. That's right. That's right. Yes. Which Which... I t- like, watching it, and I realized, oh, the episode is starting. You're not giving away everything that's going to happen. And with the explosion, and it just went right into the opening credits, this opening scene made me fall in love with this episode, and potentially this show in general. Oh, I, sure.
1: I couldn't disagree more because... Emphasis
0: on potential. Yeah,
1: so at the end of the opening scene, don't know if you guys remember, Don Johnson's yeah. character says something like,
0: I don't know what the hell is going on.
1: And that's exactly what I felt like. And I didn't want to keep watching. Well, what did you think of the theme song? Well, I kept watching. And the theme song was ridiculous, (laughs) first of all. Um, I don't know what you guys thought of it, but the the video montage, brazen. Their brazenness was just brazen. It was, you know, body parts bouncing. And then, you (laughs) know. Bikini girls everywhere. Yeah. I believe we caught some horse racing. Did you
2: guys uh, catch a little high a lie being played during the theme song? Oh was yeah, fun.
0: <laughs> yeah. Got that scoop and ball, looking great. See, I found the theme song very unimpressive. It was it was horrible. But I mean, but Only because this is also the first show that I didn't recognize the theme song.
1: Yeah, I didn't I had recognize no idea. the theme song. I forgettable. didn't find it
0: catchy. Totally forgettable. It was very forgettable. Yeah.
1: So then, okay. So after the theme song, so they get into the episode. And one of the things they're trying to do is figure out what the hell's going on, obviously. And they go to this ridiculous party. There's some guy's apartment and he's drugged out. And there's some, uh, I don't know if it's a Dungeons & Dragons game that's gone wrong in the background or something, but strangely costumed people. Uh, They drag the guy out. I I think it was supposed to, like, the Miami Vice team's coming in for a bust, and this is how they shake this character down, who's high to get some more information about the pilot and, and the rest of the plot unfolding.
0: Well, yeah, yeah they're there, and I didn't catch this until the second time I watched it. So, yeah, you I watched did. this episode twice. Ugh. I watched both episodes twice. Ooh, oh my God. You gosh. are committed. I well, Because I didn't know what was happening. <laughs> it's hard to know what's like, going on. In... I don't know what the hell is going on in my notes that i took watching this episode almost every scene i ended with i have no idea what's going on (laughs) exactly i had to watch it again but no so after the explosion crockett and Tubbs are on a special assignment by the dea who also happens to grow up to be the stepdad and stepbrothers Oh, mm-hmm. I, don't, I oh, yeah. don't know what yeah, the yeah, actor's yeah. I name recognize is, that guy. yeah, he, he's the stepdad and stuff. He is brothers.
2: also uh, the lead general in the hit 2003 movie, The Core. <laughs>
1: <laughs> <laughs> it's Richard something, isn't it?
0: He's the one that spills, like, there's a mole in law enforcement that's, like, making all this murdering happen. And so Crockett and Tubbs are undercover to, like, flush out the mole. Like, that's the whole purpose of the episode and so that's why they busted this drug party was to figure out the name of this pilot who's right. going to fly them down right to
1: i, I don't know i don't columbia. even know where they went i think there's well, this I, is the we're supposed to believe they're in columbia right yep yeah. is it columbia i think so and, and so i they, mean they go, go in, ahead yeah they go they get into the pilot's operation and he's in his, in a, I assume it's an airplane hangar. He's in like... Playing a Guitar playing Hero. Playing Guitar Hero. What's his name again? Stu? He is just grooving out very I mean um, his rhythm was poor, to quite poor, as he's playing the guitar. And so they finally get his attention and he turns around. What? And in the background, I don't know if you guys saw there's some strange zebra and uh, a giant guy with an afro and this weird picture behind him. It was just weird. No, It was all weird to me. It.
0: Well, it's funny that you say that his timing was off because the pilot is none other than Glenn Frey. Oh. Do you know who Glenn Frey is, Greg? No. Well, let (laughs) me tell you. Because I had to look it up. (laughs) But apparently he's a big deal. He was one of the main, I think he was the front man or maybe there were two front Co-friend men. I don't men. Know. Yeah. But he was one of the main guys in the Eagles.
2: Desperado. Oh, oh he's singing
0: with Henley. Not Donald. Yeah, McNam. he's singing with yeah. No, it's yeah. the other guy. Yeah. Who oh. apparently was also a big deal. So Okay. So the guy I knows how to play guitar, and the song, Smuggler's Blues, that is playing the entire time through the episode, mm-hmm. that's, that's Glenn
1: song. That's like his single or whatever. That's him. Oh wow. Yeah. yeah. It's the Smuggler's Blues.
2: You know, as this episode goes along, I just uh, I found myself kind of bored with it because it was so meandering. It's it seems like they tried to pack an entire movie into just a forty eight minute episode. Well, that would and be the
0: opposite of meandering.
2: No, uh, maybe meandering is not the right word. Then, then the word is just uh, like
1: discombobulated, hitting something
2: quick, and then moving on, hitting something quick, moving on, hitting something quick, moving on, and just packing everything in. And I couldn't. We didn't even it's like, like they stay in a moment. They never
1: gave
0: you a chance to actually figure out what the hell is going on. I don't know what the hell is going on.
2: Exactly. Like if I were to just sum up this entire episode to someone in 2 minutes, here is all the stuff that happened. It, it's insane. It's an insane amount of stuff that happened. So they make their way to Colombia. And this is a deep deep undercover. I mean, they are participating in a drug deal they are buying cocaine they are buying drugs with cash they are there with the drug lord they come back they they drop off drugs they are deep undercover but let's get to Colombia because Colombia for me had a lot of stuff going on right
0: so they're in Colombia and they meet with the Colombian drug lord that they are going to give money to in exchange for for drugs to 25 smuggle grand. back. $25,000 of pure black tar heroin. Heroin, yeah. Was it heroin? I no. think it was I coke. Don't I don't yeah, know. It was cocaine. At
1: some point, Cibarans. they brought out a giant mountain of, I think, cocaine in the shape of an M. Or Oh, c- that's later. <laughs> that's oh, okay. later. Okay.
0: Go on.
2: Yeah, we got two negotiations. We're on negotiation one, right? In the yes. park.
0: Yeah. And would you like to talk about that, Greg? <laughs> <laughs> All right. So we got. <laughs> because so we got on you. Friday night, you said, I want to talk about this scene. <laughs> okay. Ex- <laughs>
2: okay. Excuse me. Uh, we get to negotiation number one. When we get to Columbia. I find myself enjoying the background pan flute music of Latin America, (laughs) I think, because that tells me I know exactly where we are. And this drug deal is kind of, the actual deal isn't happening in public, but most concerning of all is this kid.
0: Are you familiar with the kid? Oh, I'm familiar with the kid. How could you not notice the little kid? The little toady, oh yeah, sitting <laughs> off begging for scraps.
2: Yeah, and uh, the drug lords throwing him quarters, and <laughs> this uh, this young kid who is really uh, he's nine, un- underdressed, <laughs> underdressed,
1: <laughs> and underwhelmed. It's,
2: it is it's a real creepy moment because this kid's going to keep showing up again and again and again, and it is it is not great. But so at this drug deal. Uh, Don Johnson and his partner Tubbs, they're doing this, but Tubbs eventually gets caught by the police after this drug deal and, uh, Lieutenant Toto catches him and Lieutenant Toto has a deputy scarface. What?
0: His name was Lieutenant Toto.
2: Yeah.
0: Or did you just make that up?
2: No, I didn't make that up.
0: Like the dog
2: Lieutenant. Oh, Toto is in Spanish for everyone. I don't think that that's right. That's what he said.
0: <laughs> oh, it was? Look, I know well, I haven't it been in Spanish in
2: a couple decades, but I recall totos means something.
0: Well, I didn't know what was going on, so continue.
2: <laughs> Thank you, James, you made me spill my Virgils. <laughs> also, so far, not great. Let's continue. <laughs> um, anyway, where were we? I don't know what the hell is going on.
0: Uh, I think we were, well, I wanted to talk about one of the reasons why, I mean, even though I didn't know what was going on, after Tubbs is arrested, Crockett and the pilot, Glenn Fry escape, they go back to their apartment, and this is where it kind of struck me up until this point, and I think we're like halfway through the the show, the acting is really good, like it hasn't seemed campy or over the top as in like the other like 80 shows that we watched like i i was really struck at just kind of how dark and gritty and just normal the acting was it, it really stood out in this episode that crockett is just furious and you know he Did and the glenn fry are talking
1: about vietnam and i mean glenn fry as the pilot is horrible Okay. I think Don Johnson. There's well, definitely a scene where he's Glenn Fry is not a normal no every yeah, so I give him a pass for that. I think that Tubbs is good, but Don Johnson. I'm sorry, yeah. no, no. But he's no Tubbs looking. He's good looking, but did did you catch the scene where he's talking about how he is in Vietnam? He and then he's coming back, and all of a sudden they cut to a close up, and he's got all of a sudden half a tear or a tear half half down his face okay. like come well, yeah, on that
0: tear was definitely dabbed on his <laughs> okay that was not saying action. believable none of that but, was believable oh i i mean i don't count that i, I don't count this the script of that moment the dialogue in that scene yeah i i wouldn't say is the best but like with what he was given and for the rest of the episode it's the best acting
1: we've seen no, in any show we've watched up until this point, I don't know, Greg. You got to weigh in because I think we're—I don't think we're going to resolve this one.
2: So, regarding the acting, I liked the tender moment. So Don Johnson and Kenneth Fry, what's his name? Glenn, Glenn Fry. Glenn Fry. They have a nice tender moment. Glenn Fry shares a cigarette with Don Johnson, which I thought was nice. And they share this tender moment. So I'm on, I'm on team actor here. I'm on team Mm -hmm. James for, I liked that particular scene. Now I think there are other parts that can be a little over the top, but I (laughs) I liked that moment. And plus the background music has that tender feeling of it's not pan flute. It was just a little, uh, what was the other string? We'll just say it was a banjo.
1: Sitar. Oh,
2: sitar yeah (laughs) that's what it
0: sounds like but well this also brings us to one of my favorite scenes which was the second negotiation in Mm -hmm. the dance club
1: oh my goodness (laughs) that dance club so they go into this Colombian dance club which is appears to be more it looks like an ABBA dance club there's like (laughs) rainbow lights none of this screams Colombia to me except for a shirtless boy dancing same boy. same boy just with a necklace on i guess i didn't notice the necklace earlier it was just in i don't know i don't know how to describe it it was not appealing if i was watching it live i would have flipped the channel after this, that uh, scene well i would have flipped earlier that that scene pulled me back into it
0: how because it's so bizarre it's ridiculous.
2: Is it because of how Don Johnson approached this giant drug deal? Do you recall the quote that he said when he walked in?
1: I feel like a midget. About to go one-on-one with Dr. J. That's the one. Oh, boy.
2: He realized it's
0: serious business? <laughs> I love that little kid because he reminded me of that little creature in... Gollum? Uh, no, no, no. no. Like, uh, <laughs> like next to Jabba the Hutt. In Return of the Jedi? <laughs>
1: yeah. Because
0: uh, he was always in a squatting position. That kid never
1: not squatted. It was weird. It was too weird for me.
2: Uh, the directorial choice for that kid was... Felt a little off kilter. Didn't care for it. <laughs> Later on they meet in the cemetery for the for the drug deal. And this is the moment where the episode chooses to get artsy with statues of Jesus, <laughs> statues right. of Mary. Oh, and yeah. and then just it's shattered by this shirtless kid running through the cemetery in the middle of a drug deal. I did not get it. But... It's uh it's the
0: it's the flaying of innocence. It's the,
2: <laughs> it's the smugglers' blues. It's the smugglers blues.
0: Smoke <laughs> it blows. Well, the cemetery scene was definitely a scene that, like, I... There's two cars that showed up. One car had money. That was the car that the drug dealer brought to the cemetery when mm-hmm. it was actually the car. Because the drug dealer walked from that car, which had the money in it, and the drugs were in the other car. But then Tubbs and the drug dealer left in the same car that they brought to it. And you never really knew, like, what was in the trunk. Like, I mean, it, it, it really just what the hell is going on they go to the airport they get chased by the bad guys because now they want to shoot them after taking their money and this is where i learned a very valuable life lesson like (laughs) there's many different ways that i think i could go you know when it's my time but i know getting shot will not be one of them (laughs) because if anyone ever pulls a gun on me and starts to shoot me All I have to do is somersault. (laughs) If I just tuck and roll, the bullets just will veer off course and I will never be hit.
2: I think we learned that in the A team as well. (laughs) Well, Actually in the A Team The A Team is just stand
1: by a tree (laughs) in the middle of a field and you'll be fine. You'll be fine. And the more gold you're wearing, the safer you are. Milk Oh, boy. So, yeah. So, uh, this so the second part is where the giant mountain of cocaine comes out on a platter, right? Yeah, the, with the, the M. That was in the dance club. Before. Okay, yeah, that's right. That's We're right. already past that. Yeah, so, um, I just have to say, I mean, what was the M supposed to be for? That was
2: for... Family name. The Montero yeah. family name. Oh,
1: okay, okay, okay. In the M shape. Okay. Yeah. So, yeah. So, they make it back safely. If you had watched the episode again, you would have noticed I I, I might that. go back. Definitely not.
2: Mm -mm. you you can't make me
1: (laughs) (laughs) okay so Uh, so they get
2: the drugs they get the drugs back and the entire premise of the episode is there's uh, again this rat inside of the police department that is uh is killing drug dealers and their families as part of this and we don't even know what his game is but this time it's with Tubbs and his wife and his wife is actually our uh, detective with Miami Vice Trudy. And Trudy has been captured and now she is in a different houseboat tied up and, uh, and and she has been rigged to explode as soon as this
0: dirty cop gets the drugs. This is a part where I don't really understand. They knew this was going to happen to her. Like, that was the whole point. She was going to be the family bait. So this is an operation that had enough resources to send two undercover agents with thousands of dollars (laughs) to South America. Yeah. But they can't stop a kidnapping that they know is going to happen. I don't know what the hell is going on. That's just... Pretty rough. The
2: resources.
1: Wrong spot. Just the waste, you know. I guess one thing
2: I'm wondering is how many people in Miami honestly fish off of these bridges? (laughs) We'll have to find out. This drug deal is really anonymous because there are like 17 people fishing off of this bridge. So when Tubbs finally gets there to throw the drugs into the boat like the plan, Mm -hmm. uh, he can actually be more anonymous. Also, that's the moment when Don Johnson has successfully found Trudy and they bring the bomb squad in to actually... You know, untangle her, get her off the boat. Because once Tubbs drops these drugs and throws the drugs onto the boat that's going under the bridge, he's going to blow the houseboat,
1: mm.
2: and Trudy is going to be is going to be out.
1: Mm-hmm. So
2: Tubbs decides to jump on the boat, which I thought was awesome. Yeah, I thought it was a little hokey, but it was still great. Jumping onto a boat from bridge is super cool, and I want to do it someday.
0: But eventually, Tubbs wins the fight. Let's let's take a break right now and go do that. And we're back. And we're back. How was it, Greg?
2: Uh, It's February in Iowa. It was brisk. (laughs) (laughs) Anyway, Tubbs gets in, saves the day, and uh, he shoots the guy, whose body floats out. And
1: and the big reveal is the big reveal
2: is that it's Lieutenant Ricky, the homicide. I don't know who. Who is is this guy? As far as I can tell, is is no one, which really made this big reveal.
0: He's a Star Trek red shirt guy.
2: There he you Really go. was Miami <laughs> Vice red shirt.
0: But they're but all. Don't surprised. worry.
2: Uh, even though he's dead, the Smuggler's Blues is playing in the background. <laughs> I swear they had a contract with Hayden Fry. What's his name? Glenn <laughs> Fry. With Glenn Fry to uh, play that song no less than seven times. It's the smuggler's blues.
1: Well, I bet the I contract knew was knew he out. got to be in the episode. Yeah, and I don't think that was good for his career. Just saying, it's the
2: smuggler's blues. <laughs> <laughs>
1: well, I guess that that was a, a thing that this show did differently than other shows was it really revved up the the inclusion of music. So it was apparently it was a big deal if you got your song on Miami Vice back in the day. That was like huge.
0: Well, in in choosing this episode, um, it was really hard to find a best episode. Like, it took me until the fourth website to actually find a recurring episode that was on multiple people's lists. Like, I, I think when I went through and just looking at like top five lists, there were tons of episodes that people rated as the best. Like, there was not a lot of agreement on what is the best. And,. I can kind of understand why. Like it was a, I th- I thought a very nonstop story, which was engaging, even though. I don't know what the hell is going on. There's a lot of famous actors. There's action. There's drama, but you know it obviously had its issues. But you know the acting I thought was really good. There was it wasn't silly like some of the other shows that we've watched. I thought Crockett and Tubbs shared the screen really well yeah like i thought that was a very good balance that it didn't really feel like either one really dominated i felt early on maybe Tubbs was kind of dominating because he was the front man for their undercover sting but for the most part like i i totally get why this was on A lot of lists, once I finally had to look through a whole bunch of lists, like this was one of the more common ones that was considered the best. I can't speak
2: to what uh, 60s and 70s shows did with drug deals. I have to imagine they were very, very rare. But uh, I will say, despite the creepy shirtless boy like (laughs) dancing in the background, the tension in that second drug negotiation, uh, it was very, very palpable. And I thought that was actually a really good part of the episode because uh, maybe I'm just desensitized to watching television programming where there's drug deals because drugs are so common these days on shows. But uh, if you're watching this in the 1980s and drug deals are, I assume, really, really dangerous and really, really serious business, I think the show hit that on the head. So I would say that was very effective.
0: Well, that was one thing I did not get because – so I know that there is like a hierarchy – Among drugs dealers and smugglers are somewhat low on the list, but they're not at the bottom. I mean, smugglers do a very important role in your (laughs) drug operation, and they're carrying your goods. There's a lot of money at stake. And I didn't really understand why these drug dealers were just blowing up and going through smugglers like Wilt Chamberlain goes through condoms.
1: (laughs) Yeah. Um, it's the smugglers blues. <laughs> it's the smugglers blues. Yeah, I mean I, I didn't like the episode. Um, I did I I agree with you about the drama. I agree with you about um, yeah, the 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 two stars did well together sharing. This, all that's true. This it wasn't funny. It was too much. There are three episodes in one. It's too much, so it was it was just overdone, and you know. So for me, it's a. I think it's the weakest show that we've watched so far, personally.
0: So one of your criticisms is that it wasn't funny.
1: Well, I mean, it wasn't. There was nothing other than they're they're putting everything into the drama, and I. I mean, the character development was weak. I mean, it's one episode. I know. But, like, what do I know about Tubbs? Nothing. I know a little bit about Don Johnson's character that he fought in Vietnam. And then there's a pilot. You know, I just... I f- well, I mean, yeah, they're not going to go
0: through every character's background. No, no, I know, that,
1: I know they can't. But you know something about Mr. T when you watch The A-Team,
0: right? Well, that's a little different. You know in something about a Commando squad. I Murdoch. Mean, you know something about...
1: <laughs> when you watch that one episode, you know more about each of the main characters than you do... In this episode, right? I, I
0: think I find it interesting that conditioned is a strong word, but like knowing that it's 80s, that it seems like you expected there to be some kind of campiness to it. Mm-hmm. And I, I think that speaks to how good the show is. I don't know. Um, I'm, I'm I'm voting negative
2: on, uh, on this best episode. I mean, I liked the drug deal that I was talking about. I thought it was real. But overall, Dom, I think you're right because they're trying to pack in so much. There's no time for character development, and they have a million like minor characters, and so even the minor characters don't get, uh, don't get their due diligence in this particular
0: episode. But uh, I'm sure this. So this episode- was a. So this was a full episode that you guys didn't feel they had enough time to do character development. So let's talk about an episode where they probably <laughs> did have enough time. And let's talk about the worst episode.
1: Oh, Oh, man.
0: How about if I just blow that coke right back out of you, amigo? All right, the worst episode. I don't think this is going to take us that long to actually get through. It is...
2: Yeah, recap it for us, James. I will. (laughs) Uh,
0: Season four, episode seven. It's it's titled The Missing Hours. Uh, And it is... Trudy has an odd experience with James Brown. Finally. Who is an alien cult (laughs) leader cooperating with the government because of
1: drugs. (laughs) Uh, I think I nailed it. Yeah. Uh. Yeah. And so again, we have a weird opening and they're out somewhere in Miami. There's two dueling gentlemen dressed up undercover cops in Power Ranger outfits Yeah, And Mm -hmm. they are really going for it. And then all of a sudden, uh, a guy shows up who... Uh,
2: Peyton Manning shows up. (laughs) 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 Let's
1: get it right down. Out of his mind and jumps through a glass window. Yeah, which fits our theme from earlier... What the hell is going <laughs> no on? no idea, but I I will say I was way more interested after that opening. Well, did you
2: notice how uh, when Peyton Manning angrily and crazily tears off his shirt,
1: the yes. ripping sound oh, in right. no way
2: matches the actual visual <laughs> of him ripping <laughs> yeah. off the shirt? <laughs>
0: yes. A little out of sync. I did not notice. Out of sync. But. Well, we come back and we find the guy died of a heart attack, not blunt force trauma from jumping through a window or severe lacerations R.I.P. Peyton Manning and um did did anyone notice Trudy is the main focus of this episode um when you're in a police office police station every officer has their name (laughs) on a plate in the desk did anyone notice what her nameplate was no uh all I could see was (laughs) big booty (laughs) it was big booty Trudy (laughs) (laughs) Oh dear. So when she's sitting there talking to interviewing, you know, victims or witnesses of heinous crimes, they're being introduced to <laughs> This is Officer. Oh, I see, I see it says Big Booty Trudy. Name plates are for It's Miami, you, you know? What do you say? What do you think, you know? Yeah, I think that's the goal. It's Miami. Oh, well. <laughs> Played by different rules. <laughs> well, Trudy is intrigued and she goes to this guy's houseboat, the guy who died of a heart attack. And has some kind of dream sequence that stars none other than James Brown.
2: Living in America, ow. <laughs>
0: <laughs> <sighs> um, which, I mean, again, I don't know what the hell is going on.
1: Oh no! Yes, I'm yes, yeah, I'm singing. I, I want to mingle,
0: but I was still extremely intrigued by this dream sequence, but also thrown off at how amateur the dream sequence was.
1: Yeah. Very.
0: I mean, it it looked like, Greg, one of your drawings done in Microsoft Paint. Oh, yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, I love Microsoft
1: Paint. No, you're right. It was like, I feel like Star Trek, the original, had better special effects than that. Absolutely, they did. It's like yeah. it
2: zooms in on James Brown, and then his head disappears, and then Trudy's head appears, no, just, and then there's clouds in the background. It's a
0: montage, photoshopped out. It's photoshopped and, out. and is replaced with Trudy's face, which is not at the same angle and or same focal point. I mean, it was definitely putting the wrong puzzle piece. I was shocked at how amateur uh, the whole thing was. James Brown
2: plays a character. By the name of Lou DeLong.
0: <laughs> Lou
2: DeLong, who has all of the same songs as James Brown. Like, I'm going to be doing right. Papa's
1: got a brand new bag of living in America. Sex machine, get up off of that thing. I feel good. Jam.
0: Yeah, and after this, Trudy actually goes missing uh, for a while. No one knows where where she is. The body of the guy who had a heart attack, he's his body is gone. Mm-hmm. Uh, the guy, the his Payton. wife shows up and says that they were kidnapped by aliens two years ago. Mm-hmm. Um, and then this is where we get a big celebrity reveal. Nineteen eighty-seven,
1: none other than the Chris Rock. <laughs> Blue Bega. Chris, oh, Rock. <laughs> Chris, Chris Rock. Chris Rock. Chris Rock. And he's a and he's a going through two pounds, dripping wet. <laughs> Playing the role of Carson. <laughs> and he is, I guess he's on, I don't, what would you say his role is there, if you were to guess on his title? Office clerk. Could be. But he has he has some experience slash interest in the weird, wild, and wacky world of aliens, uh, astral projection, I assume, and all this other No, no, so. no. Ufology. There it is. What is it? Yeah. Say it again. Ufology. Which means...
2: UFOology, uh, oh, ology ufo The study of
1: UFOs. <laughs> so he's, get, he's sharing his expertise, uh, and it's very believable. I mean, he really is selling it.
2: And he is finding out a lot of information from the earliest of early internet message boards in 1987, which was mm-hmm. just kind of wild to think about.
1: That was actually f- interesting, right?
2: Mm-hmm.
1: Um. No, no, (laughs) no, it wasn't interesting.
2: Well,
0: I think so. I mean, it's interesting. So, Chris. well, then Trudy comes back. Yeah, she doesn't remember anything. And then Crockett and Tubbs, they go, they check out James Brown, who's leading this cult called Astro Life. um, Had real Scientology vibes to it. But then James Brown or I'm sorry, Lou DeLong has no memory of meeting Trudy. And then I, I don't know. It, I don't even know what to
1: talk. Yeah, it's about just it's episode. a it's a mess. It's a mess. Yeah, this episode's a mess. Yeah. So Peyton there's. Manning's
2: wife gets kidnapped by some government G-men, and oh, yeah. some, some men in black. They come in, they kidnap her, uh, but then. Phil Carson is Chris Rock's name. And they're talking about whether or not Chris Rock is in on the kidnapping of Trudy. And then another one of my favorite lines from Don Johnson, which is...
0: Nope, nope, nope. I'm not going to stand around and seriously discuss the possibility that Phil Carson is a moon lizard.
2: (laughs) 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 And Phil Carson being Chris Rock. Yes. Uh, Trudy's messed up. She almost shoots the paper boy. And there's peanut butter everywhere, and I don't get it.
1: Yeah, why? Okay, so we go back to the houseboat. There's another dream sequence. Am I skipping too far? Yeah,
0: well, it was after after the, I don't know what scene. I think they're back in Trudy, before they go to the houseboat. And I had to look up who did this episode. And I discovered that the guy who directed this, this was his only episode that he ever directed. Okay. (laughs) For the show. Um, He was from the Netherlands. Mm. So take what you want from there. And then (laughs) the guy who wrote this, uh, this was his only episode he ever wrote for. But then he went on to write premium content for The Brave Little Toaster.
1: Oh, very interesting. Um, So you
0: can toaster, peanut butter. So there you go. (laughs)
1: <laughs> yeah okay yeah. toaster and peanut butter that's a good connection james thank you for that can you that's, is there a connection between uh, neck shaving in the brave little toaster uh if you get too close to a toaster Don't get too kind of burn your neck one way i mean what was going on so the they find the dead body the first guy there's a little patch of of shaven neck hair yeah right neck hair and then later yeah. when the wife dies they find her same thing what's going yeah. on with the neck shaving
0: and then trudy has the
1: same neck issue bald spot. yeah mm-hmm. and somehow <laughs> i mean if it wasn't creepy enough with james brown alone from night to night you find me and floating heads and uh, peanut butter literally jars of peanut butter in a circle in a houseboat what and now there's neck shaving
2: or jiffilistic.
1: <laughs> are you is, I mean no so oh cr- we
2: gotta cut that that's
0: <laughs>
2: I'm, I don't I don't cut that
1: thing
0: no, <laughs> dang it dang it well speaking of circles this all this leads me to my hallmark scene of it's when Tubbs tracks down James Bur- Luda Long sitting by himself in the middle of a quarry and I was when the, when that scene started I was so looking forward to it, because I thought, finally, this is where they're going to explain what's happening, and I'm going to figure it out. Um, but I, after the scene, I didn't, and that was because whenever James Brown spoke, <laughs> I only understood about 12% of the words he was making.
1: Your fans will have read all about this, James. Aren't you concerned about that? No, <laughs> no, I'm, I'm, I'm concerned because there's nothing wrong. It's
0: radioactive. Which, which is one of the reasons I went back and watched this episode again with subtitles.
1: Oh, yeah. I always watch the subtitles.
0: And I am pleased to say I was not the only person who didn't understand. What <laughs> the transcriber couldn't either. They just, the subtitles skipped over Inaudible. 90% of his life. <laughs> oh, really?
1: Yeah, it just, there was nothing there. (laughs) (laughs) Ha! Papa's got a brand new bag. Oh, boy.
0: Yeah, and then this is where we learn that it's a government conspiracy and that the government is using all of these, like, crazy UFO things to hide, like, what they're doing, but...
2: And they tell Tubbs everything, so it's not actually aliens. The government's just using James Brown and his crazy organization, Astro Glide. I mean, Astro, Astro. whatever it is. Uh, Life. Yeah, Astro Life, whatever. Uh, He's using their organization to, like, increase the, like, craziness of the alien weirdos, therefore to give them more cover. It's a whole weird thing. But anyway, Trudy eventually wakes up from a dream and then discovers a jar of peanut butter in her desk and freaks out and that's when the episode ends and i'm wondering where do i find my 48 minutes back <laughs> <laughs>
0: you'll never <laughs> get, it. get it back
1: you'll never but get was it. it a dream of course I, I hope so
0: or did this episode plant the seeds in the mind of young christopher nolan before he conceived of inception
1: oh wow
0: Wow, is that a stretch? Yes, that because is. Because I didn't know. I don't think it is. I did some
2: research. Christopher Nolan actually served as an assistant director of this episode. What? <laughs> I assume.
1: You can't do that.
0: Yeah, it was. Yeah, the whole it's a dream ending. Come Sorry, on, it was hey, a, Nolan weak. Ryan.
2: Nolan Ryan. I mean, Nolan again, Ryan. I'm just
0: shocked at how amateur. Uh. Um, it is so. So why is this considered the worst episode?
2: Because it is a mess. Because if I can recap it really quick, just to just the first to be clear. episode,
0: the best episode was kind of a mess.
2: No, this is more messy because we want crazy dream sequences like you're on ec- ecstasy. We want James Brown. We want James Brown leading an alien organization. We want alien slash government conspiracies. We want peanut butter everywhere. And we want Don Johnson <laughs> to have such a limited role. He has like four lines, one of which is <laughs> wondering if Chris Rock is a lizard boy. And then I was wondering, if is John is Don Johnson going to kill Chris Rock or is Chris, <laughs> Chris Rock going to kill John, Don Johnson? That was my most interesting question this entire episode, whether Chris Rock and Don Johnson would murder each other. That was my biggest question. Mm.
0: Well, it definitely was not as hard to follow as the best episode. Uh, oh, I think it, it was, was harder. It was differently
1: hard to follow. I mean... what? There was so little to it. What? I mean, there was... Okay, you're right about the the, the too much plot in the first episode, but no plot in the second episode. <laughs> I mean, there are different problems. They just... How can we work in James Brown and peanut butter in one episode? Go. And it's like, I don't know. I feel like the writers were taking hits off that big M of cocaine or something in season four. Yeah, they
2: were playing apples to apples and picked the two first cards, and they were James <laughs> yeah, Brown and exactly. Peanut Butter and Aliens exactly. as the third card, and then they went with it.
0: Well, I'll tell you what, I had the exact same problem trying to find the worst episode as I did the best episode. Oh, seriously? There were a, a lot of episodes that people considered the worst.
1: That's interesting.
0: And I think I, I at seven different websites, only two other websites had picked this one as the worst.
2: Mm.
0: So every yeah. other website, it was just, I think it was like 15 different episodes. It pleases considered me. Considered the worst of the entire series. And this series was only on for five seasons. It pleases me greatly that you visited
2: seven different Miami Vice-related <laughs> websites. <laughs> well,
0: because, <laughs> well, because normally I just pick the first, like three top 10 or top five. And I look at the top five and I write down the name of the episodes and then I just tally. And whichever one has the most tallies, I consider that's the consensus. Hmm. It took me seven to get a second tally. Mm -hmm. I was not that shocked that the series as a whole, there's not a lot of agreement on. Because my feelings of like the entire show... I really wanted to like this show. Really? I, I, I don't know why. I mean, really, the first scene of the best episode, I loved it. I loved that it wasn't a spoiler. I could kind of tell what was happening. Like, something big happened. Big explosion. There was murder. Mm. But, yeah. But, yeah, the, the line between the best and the worst is very narrow what do you think?
1: Well, I didn't like either episode. Uh, I don't think I'll ever watch Miami Vice again. I have no idea why they tried to remake this. Or they made it into a movie, right? One or the other. Yeah, it's both. a
0: movie.
1: They've done both. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I I think it's an interesting concept. I mean, I like cop shows. Um, but I it just didn't have... It was missing a quality for me for, for the 80s. I do think, going back to something you said earlier, James, that it is, in a way, this episode, this worst episode... I think did provide some like X-Files kind of precursor, right? The X-Files was a really popular show in the 90s and it's about, to, you know, a duo. But the difference there is like the duo is kind of hot and cold. And here it's like there's two cool guys. They're both good at their job. What's the difference, you know? Um, yeah. But, uh, but anyway, I you know, for, they were similar characters. They're similar characters. Uh, you know, yeah. they obviously have, there's a racial difference. But other than that, what's the difference? You know, it's just not Which actually... never
0: really came up in either episode.
1: Yeah, which is, I don't know. I, I don't know.
0: I kind of found that shocking that that wasn't something more prominent for the time that it was made.
1: And to be fair, we're only looking at the snapshot, just like we do when you look back at your yearbook. You're just seeing this one worst thing. Right. So, But anyway, that's my yeah. opinion. What do you think, James? Greg?
2: Greg? Uh Yeah, I was... Uh, James, I actually agree with you. I was really excited to watch this just because uh, the theme song was exciting to me. I remember the theme song. I just do. Mm. And it just seemed like such a rock, cool theme song. And the music... You mentioned the music at the beginning. And I think uh, other than the stupid smuggler's blues song, which was the only background music, sans the pan flute, uh, <laughs> in in that first episode, but just that uh, that iconic... During Miami Vice's theme song was really exciting me, but it really just fell through. I thought the storyline was just—it uh, was either too packed or too loose. It wasn't very crisp at all. It wasn't very clear. So, unfortunately, I'm not gonna—I'm not gonna uh, watch any more episodes of this particular show. Oh
1: um, no! I'm, yes, I'm yes, I'm singing. I, I want to mingle. You want to mingle?
2: No. Guys, what I did want to comment on was the overarching impact that Miami Vice has had on TV history, though. Mm. I know we've already talked about how the show changed music and, and TV together, uh, but I wanted to talk a few minutes about that.
0: Okay. Okay. Have at it. <laughs> first. Uh.
2: Uh, first, uh, the cost of the show. I was looking up Expensive. some stats about this cost. And it's uh, it was actually breaking some records at the time, not like overall TV records, but what what a general television show is willing to spend on a weekly basis. It was spending a lot of money on this, and I think well, I saw Glenn a
0: lot Fry of. Well, Glenn Fry does show. not come cheap, even though he's playing carnivals <laughs> now. I believe <laughs> carnivals,
1: the carnivals are requesting him.
0: Missouri, Our State there. The carnival circuit is thriving. Uh, Glenn hey. Fry.
2: And Sedalia that... were meant for each other.
0: <laughs> when I think of Glenn Fry, I also think of funnel cakes and
2: hot dogs, cheap roller
1: coasters, other kinds of funnels. <laughs> <laughs> so that's a so. surprise. OK, it surprises me that this show broke any kind of. Well, you said it didn't break a record, but I, I just it doesn't it, it didn't come through for me. The, the expense. I wonder what they were spending their money on. Special effects? No. (laughs) Peanut butter? Ow! (laughs) I'm get a warehouse. Okay,
0: so seriously, I mean, I think even though in the two episodes we watched there weren't that many special effects, there were still, like, a lot of explosions to license out the music to get James Brown and Mm -hmm. all of the other pretty major celebrities i don't really know what chris rock's popularity was but like that was a pretty big cameo like there was a lot of actors in both the episodes that went on to do other things i mean there's a lot of cost there
2: the cost is in is in the dress of the show I mean, look at Don Johnson's special suits—they look great. They cost a lot of money, and I think that's. But they that's,
0: saved a lot of material on the deep V necks. Boy, the deep V. <laughs> but they also spent a lot of money on the
2: medallions. So, oh I mean, boy,
0: um, oh, there you go. That's true. It's a
2: real tit for tat in this case. I wish they would. In fact,
0: this show inspired Flavor Flav's
1: current motif. Oh, that's a little known fact. Medallions. I said Little so. known fact. See what I it's did got there.
2: A, Oh, come on. Barry Gibb <laughs> was using Medallions well before the show. Well, before. It's just the continuity. The Gibb and and Mr. T has to be a part of the conversation also. Come on now. Oh. Not as Medallion How though. Forget that. Um one thing I wanted to ask about though was Miami. I have to imagine that Miami was not a place for the show. I'm sorry. That doesn't make sense. I'm going to start that again. I <laughs> Do you remember what the title of the show is? <laughs> Shut up. <laughs> <You suck. laughs> let me let me try again. Uh, I have to imagine before Miami Vice, Miami was not a location for a lot of television shows. And think about what Miami is today. It seems like there's so many shows that are set in Miami. So I feel like the cultural component of this show is not just the dress, but also... Uh, this new type of crime drama, but also just Miami being a place to film. Like Miami in the 50s and 60s, it, uh, it's not the Miami of the 80s, 90s, and the 2000s. It's just not. It's nothing Flor- but a swamp. Yeah, Florida used to be a swamp. Well, kind of still is a mighty. swamp. Yeah, but it's
1: swampy.
2: just fundamentally different. And I think Miami Vice was probably on the forefront of that change. So thinking about my thoughts of Miami Vice, I wasn't a fan of the show as much but it's important to understand the cultural context in which it happened, and there were some really, really big picture things that I don't know that that changed not America, but I would say altered America. the culture at least somewhat.
0: So, well, uh, what TV shows now are in Miami? I
1: can't even think of any shows. CSI Miami. CSI Miami. It's the only one I could think of. Burn Notice. Oh, I know. Oh, no, 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 no. I got another one. Miami Vice, the reboot. Yeah, that doesn't count.
2: <laughs> James, think about how much Miami Vice impacted the Miami Vice reboot. <laughs> so That's,
1: you cannot argue with that. That is an airtight argument. Wow, uh, didn't think of that. No, I, 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 I see where James is going here. I, I kind of disagree. I mean.
2: Bad Boys Two.
1: <laughs> bad Boys Two. <laughs> I mean Miami. I, I guess I didn't as a as a kid. I didn't have any concept of Miami, but um, I don't know. I, if if, if Miami Vice that? goes away, what about our culture changes? <laughs> Nothing.
0: You're I right? love your you as a kid pondering. <laughs> what you thought mm. of other cities
1: let me think about <laughs> gallup new mexico just, consider just this hazy amb- <laughs> what is this place you speak of this Toledo. hazy ambiguity
2: in Tom's mind about
1: my there was a lot of confusing things in my childhood okay guys i felt a that lot. way about
2: cleveland <laughs> Job, what
0: out. were your childhood thoughts of Tulsa, Oklahoma? <laughs> oh, the, Paris of Oklahoma. <laughs> the Paris
2: of Oklahoma. <laughs> <laughs> oh,
1: starts yellow. Anyway,
2: so having said that, uh, well, guys, I think it's time for some awards. James, did you want to start?
0: Yeah, so being a TV yearbook, we hand out superlatives, and uh, one of the com- mainstays we have is the extra mile award, which goes out to uh, being an extra in Hollywood is a tough gig. Mm-hmm. You're you're just you're going from set to set, getting paid very little, getting treated poorly at sometimes mm-hmm. just to get that moment on screen, even if it's just for a split second. So we like to pay our tributes to those warriors of the background.
1: (laughs) Uh,
0: And I, my extra mile award actually goes to two people in the best episode. Um, It's two extras for their background dancing. So the first one is in the original drug party where they had to find the name of the pilot. Did you guys notice that the girl who was dancing in the doorway eating a giant pork rib Oh, yeah. yeah.
1: That pork rib was... Was it a pork rib?
0: Massive. It was definitely a pork rib. It looked like dark meat. Her name name was Honey. It was a choice she made to make herself more noticeable. (laughs) And the fact that both of you know who I'm talking about, she was correct. And then the (laughs) second extra mile award goes to the little boy that we mentioned before. Mm, Because I am giving him complete credit for inventing the carlton dance. Is he doing that? That's that was his move yeah, in the dance I don't club. is quite there. He <laughs> was doing the carlton? No. That's where it started. He didn't have there's uh, I don't know what that he little was. He was missing the personality. Is, but it should not be called the carlton dance anymore. Uh, I don't know. It should be the little boy uh, who squats well. dance.
2: <laughs> well, my <laughs> My award is an actual high school yearbook award. Uh, you might remember you have the award for most change since freshman year.
1: Yeah.
2: Uh, and then they always get the picture of the senior year from four years after the freshman year picture, and you see who's changed the most. And, and the award goes to Rico Tubbs, mm. uh, mm-hmm. our main character. Most changed from freshman year. And oddly enough, our first episode was from season one. Our worst episode, season four. So freshman to senior year right there. Mm-hmm. Yeah, He uh, look good. Rico yeah, good in the first season. Oh, my gosh. The deepest of V-necks. The most, uh, the most <laughs> just dazzling of medallions. Chest hair in the spirit of Hasselhoff and Magnum P.I. And he is just... Casual as Get Out, and then by his senior year, he has grown a beard, he's yeah. lost any sort of very conservative, at all, yeah, and he is dressed so fancy. Uh, I mean, he really grew up. I couldn't; it was tough for me to tell it was the same guy at first. They it grew up so fast. they grew up so fast.
1: Yeah, and you're right.
2: almost over, and he right. uh, was really, really uh, looking very professional, very casual
1: in the first, but. So most change since freshman year goes to Tubbs. Very good. Well, my award is a uh, its a new award. It's the Writer's Block Award. Uh, some of the choice lines have already been uttered. I mean, we've, we've <laughs> already worked this one over with the, I don't know what the hell is going on here, which is perfect. <laughs> um, thank you, writers, for making that easy for us. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> Pilot in the first episode uh, said something like, she may look like a cow. But she hums like a stallion or something. <laughs> it's about to play. <laughs> like, what? What? Trying too hard. And then in the last... Uh, what was the one? Oh, in the last... <laughs> the worst episode, um, Tubbs is talking about to Chris Rock's character, Carson. And he says something like, It's okay, I'm just checking you for a zipper. You know, he's trying to <laughs> insinuate that, you know, there's an alien inside. It's just... I just found the the writing ridiculous.
2: Dom, you said it wasn't funny. There were some funny
1: lines. There were, there were,
2: there were a few funny. There was another but... line
1: where they both were talking about the is it creamy or and they look at each other and go crunchy, crunchy. That was, that was a funny moment. <laughs> I en- I honestly enjoyed the worst. I episode. didn't understand why that was funny. Well, oh, because I... there's because that's what you want to know about when the subject of peanut butter comes out. I guess. Mm. Uh, it didn't no. it
2: didn't okay. make a lot of sense. And anything James Brown says is automatically funny.
1: <laughs> <laughs> Why is that, ladies?
2: <laughs> <laughs> he looks That's good. It.
1: Well, anything else about this show, either no. episode?
2: I am ready no. to move on All and right. talk about, uh, first off, this Bur- Virgil's drink. I believe... That this particular Virgil Zero Sugar Root Beer, first off, you could tell that it's using stevia mm. instead of actual sugar, mm-hmm. and uh, what appears to be monk fruit sugar. Mm. Uh, I would not recommend this Virgil Zero Sugar Root Beer. I think I got it at Trader Joe's, uh, yeah. even though it contains no artificial blah 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 blah. Uh, I'm not going to purchase this soda again because uh, it tasted a little too uh, synthetic for me. So, monkey, I'm going to
0: take a pass on Virgil's. Okay, all right. Yeah, I told you that at the very very beginning of the episode. Yeah. You did. Yeah. I should have listened.
1: You gotta you know, experience matters. And speaking yeah. of experience, our next for our next episode, we're all very Ooh. excited to watch MacGyver. <laughs> oh
0: <my gosh. laughs> this will be the first show that I've actually watched that we're reviewing.
1: I'm excited about that. Excited about I that. I
2: recall watching a couple of MacGyver first run episodes
1: yeah yeah
0: what is that i don't know what that
1: means well oh, as it was airing
0: the original airing oh yeah oh yeah me too yeah yeah
1: so anyway so that's what i meant we don't macgyver needs no introduction really but uh be prepared for i
0: was felt okay. that
2: the macgyver theme song reminded me of the chip and dale's rescue rangers theme song it had oh. that little do <laughs> Really, really similar in my if mind. If you could do, so, a, if
1: you could create the mashup of those two, I would be eternally grateful.
2: I think there would be two people on the planet who'd be very fascinated. <laughs> <laughs> James, are you a third? Because
1: <laughs> uh, I, I look very... good. You I smell good. I feel good. And you sing good. And make love good. Oh. Well, there we are. We don't have to ask anybody else. We got that from the source. There there you are.